Alright guys, welcome back to the Every Entrepreneur Show. I'm here with Desiree and Andy of Old Town Yoga Studio. They are the founders and owners of Old Town Yoga. Welcome guys. Thank you. Thanks, I'm very excited. Appreciate you guys stopping by at the office and um, you know just chopping it up with me. So if you guys could tell us a little bit about yourselves, where you guys started out. Um, I don't know how you guys were when you guys were growing up and if you guys thought you guys were going to be business owners. For sure. So um, I'll start. I am originally from Arizona and moved out to Fresno with my family when I was 17. It was actually my just at the end of my junior year of high school. And so spent a couple months at Fresno High, which was a total culture shock. Yeah. Because we were from a small town in Arizona. Okay. How small? And, like, it's a little bit bigger now, but it's it may be like 30,000 people. Okay. And so coming here was very overwhelming. Yeah. And I, we wound up moving out to Carruthers. Graduated from Carruthers High School, so I spent my senior year out there. So you did three years at Fresno High and then last? No, no, no. I, we moved out here the end of my junior year oh, of high okay. school. So okay. I did like two months at Fresno. Oh, okay. Still <laughs> short period of time. Okay. Yes. And then we moved to Carruthers because we were just in Fresno kind of trying to figure out where okay. we wanted to buy a house. And you guys so, moved from Arizona because why? My stepdad got a job out here and there's six kids in my family and it was difficult in Arizona to support our family. Okay. And so he got an opportunity to move out here and so we went west. Yeah. And so we... Um, were they business owners? No, okay. they weren't. No, my they were both like blue collar. My stepdad does like um, print printing. Okay. He does the big printing presses. Oh, okay. and So that kind of work is sort of a dying trade. And he's one of the last people who can not only run the presses. And when I say the last, it's just because it's like printing has become so yeah. easy now. Like nobody sends jobs to these big businesses okay. to get things done anymore. So the stuff he does now is just like major like bus yeah. signs and like high volume political campaigns, things okay. like that. So anyways, he um, fixes them as well, Okay. which is also very rare to yeah. find someone. So he was needed out here. And uh, my mom, she's a stay-at-home mom and did a little bit of banking. Like okay. she was a teller and now she's a secretary out okay. in Carruthers uh, nice. for the high school. And so, yeah, just very normal sort of. Yeah. So yeah, you didn't have like America. parents that were entrepreneurs or anything like that. Nothing like that. No. Okay. And I actually went to Fresno State after I graduated um, from high school, and I did my bachelor's in psychology, and then okay. I did my master's in counseling, and I got my PPS credential and did like student services, so advising, college advising for a few years. Okay. And then it's so crazy how it feels like a different life. Um, we met it at Fresno State. Okay, nice. So that's how we got hooked up. And, um, <laughs> and what, wait, what about Andy though? So did you grow up in Fresno, born and raised? I grew up in our local mountains here, so on okay. Fast Lake. Okay. So Fast, yeah. Fast Lake is beautiful. Yeah. I try to go up there whenever I can. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, homegrown mountain boy. Homeschooled or went to school? No, no, no. I went to school. I, okay. Yeah, I went to elementary school and high school up in the hills. Went <laughs> to elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm saying. Oh, up in the mountains. A and elementary like school. Not, yeah. <laughs> well, you can't. You have to have fun with each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, started going to Fresno State. Okay. And did that commute for four years, basically. Oh, so you didn't move. You didn't move down. I eventually did. You know, it was like just about the time I was about to graduate. Oh, okay. I moved down into town and. Uh, Man, that um, is a commute every day. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, I think back of when I did that. 
So how come you didn't get um, situated with some roommates or some buddies? Oh, I, I eventually did. I think I was just, you know, I was one of those people who thought, well, yeah, home life is pretty nice with yeah. parents and it's yeah. free and uh, why not? <laughs> so. Uh, and you were, what were you studying? I did fine art was my, was my thing. I've always done, I've done art and drawing and painting since I was, you know, since I could pick up a pencil. Okay. Um, so that was what I always thought I would do. Didn't really have, you know, a second thought about it. Yeah. Um, about halfway through college, I realized that, you know, if you come out of college with a fine art degree, and that basically means when you graduate, you're just on the streets and you better figure out how to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's like, there's no job lined up for you. So that's when I decided to double major and okay. do, uh, I ended up doing GIS, or geography okay. was the second major. So, okay, nice. Um, yeah, kind of lends itself to some different yeah. you know, career paths. And not um, everyone uses their degree for what they're actually doing in their job. Yeah, I have way too I, many friends yeah. that don't even use their degrees. Yeah, mine was in anthropology. Yeah. Right. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like probably anybody ends up in what their degree says. So yeah, along those same lines, I ended up doing wastewater treatment. Okay. So there was, there was just enough, you know, little college classes and stuff in there that uh, the temperature, temporary job that I was working at the time, you know, they, they said, hey, we have an opening and it uh, looks like your new newly acquired degree fits the specs. Okay. So uh, moved into that and did treated wastewater for 10 years. Oh, wow. So that was my thing. I tur turned dirty water into clean water. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, Moved up the ladder there, and uh, eventually 2016 came along, and I think that's where the story's going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys met at State, though? We met yeah. at How'd you guys meet? Because I'm okay. sure a lot of people would love to hear how you guys met. We yeah. took a, a class together, and we just happened to sit next to each other, and... What were your initial thoughts when you saw each other? Were there any thoughts? Did you think anything of each other? Were you like, he's cute, she's cute, or what was this? <laughs> I'll let you answer first. <laughs> Oh man, she was just hot for me. It was the, the second you saw her walk into the class, that's your initial thought. No, no it was uh, it was it was actually a pretty good I don't know and, and organic uh, you know progression of that. But what were your we, first thoughts? My first thoughts. <laughs> she wants were, to know. This girl's pretty nice, and she gives me gum. So why not? Yeah, and, gum. Uh, that was the way to the heart. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Horribly bad breath. One I, two, I yeah, I <laughs> thought he was cute, and I just I wanted to like somehow figure out a way to talk to him. So I like was like, oh, give him gum, give him gum, and just at like he always fell asleep in class, <laughs> like straight up, like a bobblehead, like, like you're just kind of like, just like, like just oh okay, was that like, oh, chin to chest. It was the long drive from Bass Lake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he got an A in the class, and I got a B, and I was so angry <laughs> he slept through fifty percent of it. But I actually asked him out on okay. the first date. That's awesome. I love that. Yes. My wife asked me or introduced herself to me. She initiated the, yeah. the relationship as well. Okay. Yeah. Yes. See, it's normal. It's yeah. Totally normal. Yeah. And, yeah, so then we, but yeah, we started uh, dating that semester, fall 2006. Yep, 2006. Yeah. And then, um, I know, I was like, that was a long time ago. 13 years. Holy moly. And, um... <laughs> We, yeah, it, we dated for two years. We got married um, after about two and a half years of dating. And um, it, it, after we both worked for a while, like I was working as a counselor, he was working in wastewater. Uh, that's when we had our first, we have two kids. Yeah. So we had our son in 2013. 
And then um, that's about the time I started practicing yoga. Okay. Were, so were you this, doing? Were either either of you doing yoga during college or anything like that? No, okay. not at all. I started doing it after I had my son, just because I wanted to. Um, I actually found yoga. It was like a part of this fitness program I was doing, and I wanted to the, quote get in shape. Yeah. You know, like I needed to, like get my body back, which I'm realizing is just like a total pipe dream sometimes so like you have to I mean yeah you recover but yeah motherhood is is really traumatic yeah and you guys so, do something fantastic yeah. <laughs> so uh but I started working out and then that's how I got introduced to yoga and it was all through like an online platform okay like so an was, influencer or something I was doing everything at home it was through tone it up okay um, it's it, if you look up tone it up it's like these two girls who've created this really it's an incredible story um, it's like a multi-million dollar business now. Oh, wow. They have products in Target and everything. It's really amazing. Okay. And so I started doing their program through, it was on Instagram, and they would like post videos on their website and on their YouTube channel, and then like I was following that, and okay. they had a yoga component, and that's how I got introduced to it. And I fell in love with that part of the, of the little plan. Yeah. And so I started pursuing it more, and then I got pregnant with my daughter. So I practiced for about a year, and then I got pregnant with my daughter, and I couldn't practice while I was pregnant. So oh, then, really? No. I, None, nothing? Even in most, the early stages? Most people can. I, it was probably the very early stages, but maybe about like the first um, like trimester uh, or so, that, which is like the first 13, 14 weeks, okay. I, I could. And then after that, it was just, I had like too many issues where it was very difficult yeah. and so it was it was sad because I had to back off of something I loved so much and it was also something that I was using to like help me yeah. just like with stress and different oh, things yeah. like that like I had a toddler at the time that I was pregnant so when towards the end of my pregnancy I was like ready to get back into yoga <laughs> I was so anxious and I was 38 weeks pregnant which I'm not if you're not familiar, 40 weeks is full term okay. when you deliver. So I was like two weeks away from having my baby and okay. giant, giant belly. You, you blew up? I was like, well, it was just like you, by that time you have an eight pound yeah. baby in your belly. Like there's really no choice, yeah. you know? And so I was like, I, I was thinking if I don't figure out a plan for how I'm going to get back into yoga now, like it's probably going to be even longer after I have mm. the baby because that you just go into this like deep dark hole after yeah. you have a baby for a while and you don't see okay. the end of day. I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's a very, you'll yeah. see. <laughs> so this happens to pretty much all women. A lot of women, well, I, I'm kind of exaggerating, but I'm just saying that like there's very little sleep. It's it's survival mode. Okay. You get into survival mode, and you can't really think of much else after so you have the, the baby. Okay. Yeah, that could be an entire podcast. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say I've never heard this. You're just like a dark hole. It's like, whoa! I've never heard this before. You haven't? Oh my <laughs> no. god! Well, dude, if you want to have kids, you need to have many conversations. It, it sounds like I need to have this talk to make sure yeah, this black hole talk. my wife is gonna go into yeah. is not gonna kill me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you survived, so yeah, that's the good news. Barely, barely. Let's just say we are okay. only having two kids. Okay, <laughs> I only want two as well. <laughs> okay. My wife Kennedy wants more, unfortunately. I thought I wanted more, and then I delivered two, and I was like, yeah, that's. Cool. So I had struggled to find a studio in town that I connected with. Okay. And I tried a few different ones, and they was they were either like out of my price point. I was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. We were, on, we were single family income. Like it wasn't necessarily something we could put into our budget. And okay. yoga can be pretty expensive. So um, 
I couldn't do it for that reason. Also, it was very unpredictable, like timing wise, you know, when is he going to be home? When can I go? All that. So, and then also it, it wasn't, I didn't find a connection that was strong enough to motivate me to try to like overcome those other problems. Okay. And so I practiced at home a lot and the platform I practiced with, um, I looked into them to see if they did a teacher training because I loved all the teachers. Yeah that I was practicing with virtually, okay. you know? And so I found out they were starting one, and so I was having my daughter October 2015, and they were starting one January 2016. Okay. So I'd, been, I'd be three months postpartum, which again, that's like anyone, if you ask anybody who's had a baby, and you tell them like, you're gonna do something major, like start a yoga teacher training, three months postpartum, it's like bonkers. Insane. Insanity. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's out of town. It was one week in a month for 10 months. Okay. And I just signed up. It was like 25 So you had to travel. So I had to travel. And what, Andy, what were you thinking when she was going through this what and telling you? What did you think? Yeah. What did you think when I told you? I'm not even sure. Wait, I, were you exposed to yoga at this point? Were you? No, not really. So just, do you, do you, uh, do you teach or anything like that right now? Or I don't teach. Okay. No. I, yeah, I, I practice more and more now. But, okay. Uh, yeah, it took me a while though. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what were you thinking time, at that time? It was. I didn't really think much of it. I thought it's just you know it's kind of like a hobby that she wants to you know pursue a little bit more and and I was but I was totally open to you know if she wanted to do a training. I thought okay, well, let's do it then. Were you <laughs> so shocked though, like when I told you how much it was? Because it was like. Twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred is a good chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. A little bit, but I think it was it quickly passed for some reason. It was just one of those okay. things. I thought seems like a good investment. She's going through a lot. Yeah. She's going through yeah. a lot. Yeah. She's gonna this deliver dark, my this child. Big dark black hole <laughs> is coming. Because <laughs> you already experienced one, right? Yeah. yeah. Twenty five. Twenty five hundred is nothing. Exactly. If I said no. I know. Actually. Assaulted. I don't know if you could have said no because I was 38 weeks pregnant and I might have killed you. I think so. <laughs> you might have made the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. She would have went green on you so fast. So I, so we uh, obviously I had my daughter and then January came around and it was like go time. We had to figure out what we were gonna do and so he was working full time and he wound up taking off the Friday so we could go down and. We all went, my entire family. Okay. My two-year-old at the time, he was almost three, and my three-month-old, and the two of us. And he would, probably the first five months, we all went down together. Okay. And he would uh, take care of the kids. I would go to the training. I would okay. pump because yeah. I was nursing. Or, I, or he would bring me her, and I would nurse my daughter. Yeah. And it was just like... It was crazy how hard it was. Like when I look back on it, I'm I think I was insane. And <laughs> it sounds like it. But it was so crazy also how much I was getting <clears throat> out of the experience. Like I hadn't gotten that much like mental and physical sort of like stimulation. Yeah. In a very long time, probably since I had been in college. Okay. And so it was I was like willing to do anything. Yeah. And every weekend that uh, we, that I got to go down there, I was so excited, anticipating it. Like every month, it was just like it was the high of the yeah. month. And towards a, like halfway through, uh, we he started uh, staying back with the kids because my daughter was a little bit older and okay. like he could feed her food and you know I yeah. could pump and leave him milk. 
But well, when you guys were doing it initially, so you just made it into a family, like, almost like day trip or It was like trip. a weekend, yeah, it was a weekend. A weekend so trip, it'd be okay. like Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Oh, okay. So we didn't really... There's a lot more than I was thinking. Okay. Oh, it's a 200-hour training, broken yeah. up over 10 weekends. Wow. So it's like, it was a lot. Yeah, no, with a newborn and a toddler, sheesh. Okay. Yeah. So he, it wasn't like we went down for a fun trip. Like, yeah. he was, he was like single... Dad, Single dad for like losing a whole sleep. weekend, and I was like physically just exhausted because they a, a teacher training is very intense, like intellectually you're learning a lot and you're practicing every single day of the the weekend. So okay. you're, it's it's a high intensity like experience, yeah. and so halfway through I started to realize like oh my god this is gonna end. And it was just all about me in the beginning, right? Okay. I was just getting so much out of it. Yeah. And then I was thinking, what am I going to do? You know, I'm getting so much out of this community and I'm getting so much out of this learning experience. And I started getting anxious thinking about what, how I was going to continue that when I finished, when mm -hmm. I graduated. Because that was like your, became your tribe. Yeah, yeah, it did, and it was so far away. Okay. What, it was what down city was in San it? Bernardino. Oh, San Bernardino, okay. Um, Redlands, te okay. technically, but near, you know, so yeah. it's like pretty far. Yeah. And um, when a, a few months before, so probably summertime uh, 2016, I started teaching just kind of random jobs. Like, I started teaching at this one business on their lunch breaks. So I would teach our employees okay. yoga. I started teaching at TV3. Um, Which one? I taught on the palm right here actually. Oh, okay. I taught here. Oh nice. Palm and knees. <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Uh, that it was that location. Anyway, so I started doing that. Were you? Did you have a full time job on top of that, or? Oh, I was a stay at home mom. Stay at home so mom. I was. Oh, I would awesome. be teaching in the evenings, yeah. um, a couple nights a week. It was so stressful. Yeah. So vulnerable. Like to get out, get up in front of people, and be like, guiding them through a very structured practice and. It was just, it was, it was a really tough, I would cry after every single class. Yeah. I would go home. Because, was it because you felt like you didn't know what you were doing or providing any value to them or just the jitters of being in front of people? It was just, it was the jitters of being in front of people and just, it was very overwhelming, like, to expose yourself. I don't yeah. know if you've been in situations where you're super vulnerable mm -hmm. and you're intentionally putting yourself out there in front of, like, lots of people. Yeah. That's what it that's what it was. And and you would kinda I would like gather my courage, teach the class, and then you have your own critic, right, in yeah. your head. And the reviews would come in, my own reviews, right? Of how <laughs> my performance was. Yeah. And it was often even when it was great, it was still just high emotion. Yeah. You know, and I would go get into my car and I would just start crying. Okay. I drive home and were the people in the class giving you any good feedback? Like afterwards? Oh, I was getting great feedback. Because I've been in the classes before and people are going up to the teacher, thank you, like, you're yeah. so good, oh, like, I appreciate wonderful. it, can't wait to see you next week. So you're getting good reviews from people. <laughs> I was getting good reviews from people. It was just like emotionally just. That draining. is interesting. Yes. It's crazy how we can be so hard on ourselves like that. Oh my god, totally. And it's because I cared so much about it. Yeah. And so I. So it was, we were nearing the end of the training and I was teaching at GB3. And I started uh, talking a lot to Andy about, like, and it's so weird because I'll reflect on, like, exactly what the conversations were, and I can't even recall exactly, but it was something about, 
just wanting to teach more, not mm -hmm. really enjoying teaching at GB3 because yeah. the environment was not the same as the old studio. Yeah. But also... What was, what was different? <clears throat> like, um, I, I can kind of assume, but I'm not too much into the yoga world where I would yeah. understand the difference between... Well, just the, the room, for okay. one. It's very echoey. It's usually cold. Um, you never know who's going to come to class. And I didn't know that, that yoga uh, studios are supposed to be warm until like after the session we had with you. Kennedy was like, did you enjoy the warm? And I was like, I was like, I, um, sure. She's like, it's warm on purpose. I was like, really? I was like, I, I was like, oh, I just got lucky that it's warm and it's cold outside. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So some classes are just room temperature, kind of like how we are right now. Yeah. And then some classes, classes are intentionally warm. But you never want it to be cold. Yeah. Like cold yoga is the worst. Yeah, and now that I'm picturing in my head, I'm like, yeah, I mean, stretching and I yeah. mean, the, I haven't done a whole lot of yoga, but it felt good to do it in the temperature that we did it in. Yeah. It's, yeah, I like it a little bit warm, but not yeah. hot, hot. There's it gave me like a little bit of a sweat, well. which exactly. was I, I was okay with. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we, with at GB3, we'd have people coming in and out of the mm -hmm. room, even while I'm teaching, getting like BOSU balls and other like, things that they need for their workout and you know and then it was also very difficult because people would come in late people would leave early yeah. like it's just a much more loose loosely structured environment okay. and so i wanted also a, a way to for me to connect with the students better so to where i could really learn their names and create these relationships yeah. because really above all else i was craving for myself connection to a community of people yeah because I didn't really have that after I quit my job and became became a stay-at-home mom okay and that's understandable that was difficult because a stay-at-home mom is a full-time job my mom did that and she homeschooled me and my brothers I have three brothers we were homeschooled um, all the way or I was homeschooled all the way until freshman year of when I went to Buchanan okay um, and so she pretty much stayed home it's a full-time job yeah especially exactly. like t your kids are pretty close in age too <laughs> right that's a lot of work it was a lot of work and it was and I wanted, I was wanting, you know, just a community that had similar interests. You know, yeah. we're con we are human. If you're a human, like you're wired for connection. Yeah. Hands down. And a lot of people are so isolated, and I'm even seeing it more now. Oh yeah. Being in this the business for uh, now three years, how lonely so many people are. It's crazy how many people are just super lonely. But I think you're super right that we're like meant for connection because I listened to this guy talk about how our hearts are like broadcasting systems that like when we get close to people that energy and vibe you feel off people um, or that immediate connection with someone or disconnection with someone I mean there's a connection that needs to be made at some point whether it's a positive one or a negative one but you would like it to be a positive one yeah so when people talk about vibes it's 100% accurate and it's 100% now actually scientifically measurable so you they can measure I heard that it's so this cool field and it comes out from your heart and from your brain yeah it's but a radius of heart, what, like five feet maybe or eight feet? I can't remember exactly but from your heart it's like it's multiple times mm. more than from your brain yeah and so it's interesting how like we talk about vibes Ooh, I got a weird vibe this yeah. it, but because it's actually yeah. happening I do believe definitely that when you are like lacking connection that it has a serious effect on your health and yeah. now I believe that more than ever and that's kind of like the mission of the studio is like to help. it's more than yoga now it's about creating connections for people yeah. with back to themselves and with their community and I wasn't getting that at yeah. 3 and I didn't quite understand that that was what I was missing but that's what I wanted more than anything and oh, yeah. so we st so I was kind of like 
Would you call it validation? Mm, not validation, just like, just connection, just like being yeah. seen. Like, to belong somewhere. To belong somewhere, yeah. exactly. To Which I kind somewhere. of, I kind of relate to validation. And this one guy told me that validation is the most powerful drug in the world. Interesting. More okay. powerful. It was super interesting to me. I had to think about it for a little bit. And then he explained it to me. He was like, validation, the desire to belong, for the desire for people to compliment you or yeah. to have people say nice things about you is the most powerful drug in the world because why do people turn to drinking or to drugs or to anything? He's like, it's because of some sort of void that they need to fill inside of them. Yeah. Absolutely. And so with... Uh with that kind of connection, when you, and I guess, yeah, you're right, like, it can be considered validation, but there's a difference between belonging yeah. and trying to fit in. Belonging is like, you are you, yeah. and you're accepted for you, and you're loved for you, versus fitting in is like, trying to adapt or yeah. be somebody for someone, and so, when I started complaining, complaining, to, to George Andy. Brown? No. Oh, I thought you were saying George, George Brown. Brown. No, I started complaining to Andy, of course. Okay. He hears everything. Okay. Um, hey, that's what husbands are for. <laughs> we have to hear all the emotions that our wives. And I, that's what I was gonna. I was trying to. I was gonna bring him in at some point because um, you were just you were just a good guy in the background, loving and supporting your wife with her dreams and her goals. I love that. And I can kind of right. see. I, I get a vibe of kind of how you guys might work in your in your business and your personal life because. Um, it, it just from your dynamic right now, right. you just love and support her no matter what. You just like twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> if it makes her happy, then let's do it. Like I want to do whatever makes my wife happy, and she has these dreams. Let's do it. Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good ninety percent of the time. We're good. <laughs> okay, no one's perfect. Oh my god. But you guys genuinely seem wow. like a very happy couple, and that's it's, it's hard to say that about a lot of people because a lot of people that I've seen that have been married for long periods of time are struggling or they don't seem like they like each other. You guys yeah. like genuinely seem like you like each other a lot because it's one thing to love someone, but people will stop liking each other after a while. I think. Well, we've, yeah. we've had times where we didn't like each other. And I'm sure. Long yeah. periods of If time. I could graph the, the like you know, curve, then right after the studio <laughs> opened, there was, I could say... There was a sharp yeah. decline. <laughs> Plummet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's we're I honest to God feel like we're barely coming out of that. Okay. So it, we've had like a progressively more challenging time mm -hmm. in our relationship since the studio opened. Okay. Which is understandable. And we're like barely at this point where we're kind of I think we're in in ways uh, the best we best place we've ever been in our marriage, but it's not how you might think. Yeah. Because it's a very it's a much more raw and like open type of uh, communication. Yeah, unfiltered. unfiltered. Was this because of some counseling or just because you guys just talking through things? Um, what was it? <laughs> All of the above, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing, you know, and the reason it relates to the studio was because, <clears throat> you know, pre-studio we had very separate lives. You know, I had my work and, you know, Desiree had her work and then she, you know, had stay-at-home mom. So, um, once 2006, uh, 2017 came along, one year into the studio, um, I decided to, or we decided that I would stop working, you know. Okay. Basically, uh, 
So that it had picked up enough for you to quit your full-time job. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And it really wasn't the goal. It wasn't something that we were aiming for. It was. It was more like at the time, it's so busy that I can't do both. Mm -hmm. And and right now, you know, we have one thing that we created, and it's you know, for all intents and purposes, it was much more um, enjoyable and and. Um, it had a higher yeah. potential than your job. Yeah, too. exactly. And so because you were salary. Salary, yeah. yeah, and then this and is unlimited. I mean, whatever what you guys want it to be, it can be exactly, yeah. And it and it had at the time, I believe it matched and outdone what I, you know, was was personally bringing in. So which is awesome. You know, yeah, the choice had to be made, and that choice was me to stop working. And then all of a sudden, we were married and also business partners, and so, parenting, and parents, and you know, that's something that I don't know if a lot of couples like get to experience or get to like go through and learn that. Yeah, but that was. I think you guys are part of a very small percentage of yeah. people who go in business with their partner. Definitely. I don't know if I'd recommend it. <laughs> like I thought about it. The fact that yeah. we've that we're still married is like is a low key miracle because it's been <laughs> it's been tumultuous to say the least. Yeah. And just when you have almost no separation over anything. That is true. And it's constant like like with, like our, you, you're going to bed, you're talking about the studio. You're waking up, you're talking about the studio. We're talking about the kids. Oh, who's this? They're done it. Like any kind of problem, you share the problem. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it's not like you can be like come home and like talk about your job. It's like it feels personal. Mm. If you're upset with something, he's upset with something, or I'm upset about something. It's almost like t it's a personal thing as well as a business thing. Yeah. And. Mm -hmm. I can't really advise you on, I, I, I'm like, I feel like I'm your boss, you feel like, mm -hmm. you, you know, there's this weird dynamic sometimes, and we're just, we, that was a very difficult thing for us, and still is, for us to work out. There's so much, there's so, so much. And I it's mean, I, I love where this has, has gone, Yeah. Um, so I appreciate it, it okay. I, I appreciate you guys being open. Yeah, for it, sure. It is, it is awesome to hear. I've thought about going into business with my wife too, I told her, hey, like, I'm only a year and eight months in my real estate business. Um, at some point, it's going to grow, everyone says, because you just kind of got to get over the hump of building a book of business um, and building a clientele. And I thought about that, well, maybe when it gets to that point where I'm doing well enough, I'd like to have my wife become, like, I don't know, my executive assistant or, or a partner in it, or even have her become an agent just to go in business because there's a couple agent here and they're always together. But I never thought about that, like, oh man, like that might kind of yeah. be really difficult to be in business with your partner. But so it's cool to hear it and yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. And I'm sure a lot of people are, um, that are listening are probably like, this is pretty good to hear this because they're thinking about going to business or they're in business with their partner already. So, right. I don't yeah. actually know of, of almost anyone who has been through it and has continued to do it and, and they say that like they would recommend it. Yeah. It just because, you know, of course in the beginning of a relationship and even in the beginning of a marriage, <coughs> you just want to be together all the time. Oh yeah. You're just like all twenty four seven, everything you're doing, I wanna be doing. And but over time there's this like you go through this process of like re individuation. Mm. And your Esther Perel has been one of the most impactful, I think, um, like therapists that yeah. She has written a bunch of stuff that we've listened to, and she says in your adult life you'll have likely three serious, three different serious relationships, 
And sometimes, I'm like, I'm like, sometimes, like thinking now, right? <laughs> where but I was at. She's like, sometimes though, it's with the same person. Your relationship changes so much, that and is, I feel like we're in our second relationship. Okay. It's like so interesting to hear. So I had this older strange. gentleman, I'm in a Bible study group, and this older gentleman who's like in his late 60s decided to join a group of people that are all under 30, because he's like, God told me to be in this group for some reason. And he said something like that, he's like, yeah. he's like someone asked him, he's like, any advice for um, loving your wife? And he's like, you got to love her because she's going to change. She's, the wife you marry is not going to be the same wife when she's 30, not going to be the same wife when she's 40, 50, 60. And he's like, you got to learn to just shut up and love that woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's sounds like wisdom in cool. that. I would say, I would, I would put a little asterisk on there and say shut up is, there's a delicacy to that. Because okay. in a lot of ways, she doesn't want you to shut up. You that know? is true. But sometimes yeah, it can be a little bit too quiet, huh? Exactly. I'm yeah. the same way too. Yep. So, yeah, and I do think also that, you know, maybe with your, is, is she, are you married right now? Or? Yeah, we're married right now. Yeah. We just got married May 31st. Oh, so, okay. Oh, good. Brand spanking new in that honeymoon stage. Yeah. Okay. Soak it up. Yeah. What happened with me and Des, because yoga was like her thing. Yeah. And, and to me it was like, when I quit, it was like, almost like to support her thing and she, mm you know, is like the figurehead of yeah of the studio. Yeah. So there it was a complete switch in like dynamic and like yeah. in, in like thought of how we operate. Yeah. Which was like a very tough adjustment for both of us. Yeah, yeah and, and we thought No, I understand what you, what you guys are saying though. Yeah. We thought we're like, we're modern, we can handle this. But I it even surprised me at how much it affected me. Like I was I struggled with like I don't want to be your boss. Like, I don't want to tell you what to do, but, but I had to come to grips with the reality that it's, it is my vision. And so like, even separating out like, okay, just because like, you might be like guiding this business and telling your staff of whoever, which now includes Andy, even though yeah. he's like, we call him our CFO. It's like, he's, has a very, very important role that he's like in charge of. Yeah. But a lot of times it is, it, he's coming to me for like whatever clarification on something. And I had a problem with that for a long time. I was like, I don't like this. Ooh, it like just felt oh, weird. Okay. You had a problem with him answering to you. Yes. Okay. And that was a surprise to me. Yeah. That is. I was like, it's interesting. I'm fine. Like yeah. I'm like, you know, whatever. He, he, we, he, we can have domestic and like business roles equally like, Mm -hmm. equal marriage here like, and, but it was actually really yeah. challenging mentally and and how did you how were you feeling at that time Andy yeah I was I would say I wasn't fully conscious of it of why you know I felt a particular way but I do think I was uncomfortable with it too because yeah. that you know these particular interactions we were having they were it was business related but it all blurs together when you're at home and you're working it, it's that and your relationship, your, yeah, it's all one big blur. So, you know, if I'm answering to her or like getting clarification on something, you know, just from a business perspective, it uh, it it almost like blurs into like, okay, well now are you like the leader of this, yeah. you know, romantic relationship? Yeah, you know, how, where is that that line there? Okay. So, I don't know if that makes sense yeah. or not. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, that's understandable. Yeah. Um, so how did you guys navigate through this? 
We're or how are, you, how are you navigating through this? Do you, like, are there boundaries that you guys set for conversations at home? Like, we put our phones in a different room, or when we get home, we like at a certain time we don't talk about business, and it's it's that would be yeah. in the perfect world. Yeah. But yeah, it's I think what we realized we had to do was first of all set like schedules between you know try at least to separate uh, work time and home time. Mm -hmm. And that's not perfect by, by any means. Yeah. But like, before what we did it, it was, it was we are working and we are you know, doing family life all at the same exact time. We don't know when she's doing what and what I'm doing when. Yeah. And so you guys like share Google like, calendars or something? Yeah. Um, and uh, so now we've kind of like set up like, basically like work days for each of us. And we kind of switch off throughout okay. the week. Um, so you guys like have off days where you're not yeah. on the same off day together? Well, and like yeah. the same, something that's always been very important to us is, is um, our kids yeah. and trying to avoid too much outside child care. Because mm. I was a full-time mom, yeah. so they were with me all the time. So when he quit, and now this is we're doing full-time business, and we didn't want to put them in daycare or get any kind of like nanny or anything like that. That was just like a personal thing yeah. we wanted to stick with. How old are but they that's now? hard. They're four and almost seven. Okay. And so it was very, very hard. My daughter was one when we opened yeah. the studio, and my son was three. And so uh, that's been something we've had to navigate. And so we, like he said, it'll be like, okay, you have a the, your primary work days are Monday, Wednesday. My primary work days, in terms of stuff that you do, you can that you cannot do with the kids. Yeah. Your Tuesday, Thursday, and then those other days, it's like you are doing some work. You might run over to the studio, or you might be spending time there, but you have the kid. Like your primary responsibility that day is like the kids. Okay. And so we've had to really set up that sort of separation, and even that's been helpful for our marriage because yeah. then it's like basically you're going to work, and I'm handling the house, and then okay. vice versa. You know, mm -hmm. and so that, and then um, just also I think going. I mean, going counseling individually. Surprisingly, marriage counseling was not great for us. Okay. But on our own, like, it's been helpful. Oh, yeah. I believe know? in counseling. I know some yeah. people hate it because they're like, my dad is a good example. <laughs> he doesn't listen to my podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> if he's not here, he's not listening, you can talk about him. <laughs> but he is not a fan of counseling because he just, he's like, there's nothing wrong with me. But I've learned through some hard things um, that I went to counseling for that so I had a divorce where my ex-wife had an affair and walked out and so I went to counseling for it and never thought I was kind of like thought well, like my dad counseling is like for people that got real problems like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. but going to counseling and just talking was very therapeutic mm -hmm. it was so good I, yeah. I'm a huge fan of therapy um, or just, I'll just I don't even t tell people therapy just talk to someone yeah, yes. I think that's the more important thing. And therapy's the word therapy almost has a bad rap. Yes, it's going definitely does. You're going somewhere to like just you know speak to somebody yeah. about your problems, and they just happen to be very trained at listening. Yeah. So exactly. and, and I find even like podcasting, I find it very therapeutic to to talk with people, mm -hmm. um, and I learn a lot. Like I'm learning a lot from you guys now in your dynamic and what it might look like if I ever went into business with my wife. Um, and, and, and it helps, and so I, I appreciate it yeah, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, too, because the things we've learned from owning a business have been the things that we never even thought. Like, they're, they're, you think you're going to learn certain lessons, right, mm -hmm. about 
whatever, how to manage a budget, which we've learned, how to manage employees, which has been a nightmare, but we've learned, like, how to, whatever, market, yeah. all these things, right? But the actual, the biggest lessons have been things you, we did not anticipate, okay. and that's, that is, like, our relationship, even individually, yeah. stuff like, what do you do? Like, it, like people invent, dream about what they would do if money was no object mm -hmm. and they had all the time in the world and they could absolutely do anything for the rest of their life. People think they know what they would do. Yeah. But when that time actually arrives, if you are fortunate enough to get there, it's much tougher than you think yeah. because we're meant to work. People are like, I would sit on a beach with a Mai Tai and I would just have my feet up and like You get swim. so bored. Yeah. You get so bored. We're meant to be productive. Yeah. And so learning, realizing too that like you have to have like a purpose and a, and a drive, something that you're moving towards and there's going to be highs and lows of yeah. that. And like to think that you're going to eventually arrive somewhere at some point in your life where you have figured it out where things, you have very little problems. You know, I don't think anybody's ever going to think they will never have problems, but there is this thing in the back of many people's minds oh, yeah. where they're going to get somewhere where they have very few problems. Yeah. And that's just flat out untrue. If yeah. you're a human being, you're going to have suffering till the day you die. You're going to, you're going to experience difficulty and pain. Yeah. And, and how you move through it. Learning how can I move through this gracefully. That is what I think my yoga practice, this business practice, and like really like the, I don't want to say the meaning of life, but kind of like the challenge of life yeah. is to figure out how to move through all of that stuff gracefully. Because <laughs> you can fight it, right? It's like rope burn. Yeah. Like you hit a challenge, you can be kicking and screaming. It's like a toddler. So this guy, he's worth 400 million. Um, you ever heard of Ed Milet? Yes. So I love Ed. Um, so I'm Christian. I grew up and was raised Christian. Um, I believe in it, I practice it, but I also do believe that there is some sort of universal energy that mm -hmm. connects us all. I believe God put it there, right. but I do believe in, like we said, vibrations and stuff. And so he talks about that um, problems. He's like, you, your problems don't get smaller when you make a lot of money. He's like, you just get different, a different set of problems. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I, I was, what you were saying was just spot on. I loved it because it kind of, it just... What, it was. It lined up exactly with what he said, which is the truth. Your problems just change. There's just a different set of problems. Yes. Yeah. You don't get less. You probably get, honestly, probably bigger problems when you start making more money. Yeah. It's a little bit scarier problems too, because when when you are, you know, what I would say the majority of people do, <coughs> what you're doing is is trying to make money. You're trying <coughs> to survive the week and the month and to pay your bills. Yeah. And that is your your aim or your goal yeah. in life and it, it almost makes life easy like it, you know, it makes it simple in a way mm -hmm. but once like Desiree was saying once that's solved then like bigger questions come up like well okay well now what you know what's yeah. what's uh you know my yes know, purpose yeah. purpose sounds kind of like no I like that cliche, but yeah it's no I like that so what, yeah. what, what why I guess I don't know, and you can tell me if this is too much for you, but why do you guys want money? Did you guys ever want money? Like when you started out, did you guys ever like, hey, this is like, I want money? Mm -hmm. No, I, when I started it, I honest to God thought it was going to be a one room, me, maybe one or two other teachers. I'm going to teach like five classes a week and I'll just have the, 
control over my schedule, over the studio, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. And it it was never like, oh, how many clients can we get? Oh, how much? It was like the goals were set. I did intentionally set like numerical goals, like specific yeah. goals. Like there's you wrote them down. Yeah. There's a quote like from Jack Canfield that says, "Vague goals reap vague results." Mm. And so I wanted to, and I listened to Tim Ferriss, like Tim Ferriss is my favorite podcaster yeah. ever. Okay. And I feel like I listened to him um, for like three years and it was in a way like business prep school without okay. me even knowing it. And there were so many things like we set these long, these big long-term goals, right? In five years, blah, blah, blah. In 10 years, blah, blah, blah. He said like, what's keeping you from accomplishing your five-year goal in the next six months? Like. And it's oftentimes like lack of um, like decision making skills and fear yeah. and all of that. And in the beginning of opening a business, what you mostly need is just like hella courage. Mm -hmm. Like you need like all the courage. Yeah. You don't need to know the how, really. You, no, yeah. no. You just need to jump. And if you do that, and then you just start figuring it out along as you go. If you try, if we tried to figure out what we're doing now when we opened. There's absolutely no way. We were just, we've just been like, yeah. just solving problems as they come up. And now we're at this place where it's like, in order for us to continue on the path that we're on and, and even grow more, we, we need structure, yeah. we need systems, yeah. we need all of these things. But you, I don't think you can necessarily start with that. You yeah. have to start with just kind of like the feel of it. Yeah, like you said, not worrying about the how and just jumping in. Exactly. Yeah. Cause, so you, I think, off camera, I don't know when we first talked about this, um, I think you mentioned that you were the first yoga studio in 12 years. The last one that had popped up was 12 years before. In Clovis. Yeah, in Clovis. Yes, yes. So there hadn't been a, a solely dedicated yoga studio in Clovis for years and years before we opened. Okay. And so... And that's your first location, right? And that was our first location okay. in Clovis. And so, we, and, and so we were... A lot of people who I talked to were like, Clovis is too conservative. Um, I would kind of I was trying to find teachers, mm -hmm. which has always been the most difficult part of the business is finding personnel, like yeah. high quality teachers. Even to this day. Even to this day. Okay. And so the I was trying to find people. I was like approaching people who I knew taught yoga, um, but not connected to a studio because okay. I was trying to be very careful about that. Yeah. And then um, I just had a lot of people who were like, "That's not going to work. Clovis doesn't want yoga. Clovis is too conservative." Um, your pay model is like never gonna work. Like that's not gonna last. Like all these different things. So it was it was difficult okay. to like stay focused and be like, okay, I'm gonna still do this no matter what. Yeah. Even in the face of these like kind of like stupid comments, but bunch of haters. Bunch of haters. <laughs> I know. And so, <laughs> <Get them. laughs> and, so you have to be a tunnel vision. It sounds like and just kind of ignore everyone. Well, because the thing is, is I didn't have a choice, and I feel like too. Sometimes I tell people like. I'll get people asking me questions sometimes like, oh, I'm thinking about opening a business or I'm thinking about trying this or trying that. And I'm like, I can't help you actually make the decision. Like yeah. when you've done it, when you've committed and you've done something that has you committed, like you put a ring on it, <laughs> then I'll help you because yeah. I can help you with logistics. But sometimes I get the sense that people are coming and asking me to kind of tell them you should do this. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't make that decision for you. Like, yeah. and we put a ring on this thing because we signed a three-year lease 
uh, before I even graduated teacher training. So okay. things escalated quickly. So you got well, you got to be close to that expiration for the lease, right? Yes, you're very yeah. Well, there, but we extended it. Okay. We, yeah, I figured you had to extend it. Well, we extended it, it because um, we expanded a year later. Okay. And so we renewed the lease. Okay. And redid the whole thing. Okay. And so yeah, it's now and we have like whatever different things going on with that now. But yeah, for sure, it was we signed a three year lease and I was just like, well, we're committed. Like we basically have a second mortgage now, and we we have to figure out. There's not a. Uh, an option to like, you know. Yeah, you took everything off the table and like this is it. This is it. We're doing it. Yeah. Like it's we're all in, and so we we when people were saying things, I'm like, okay, well, I have to do this. Yeah. So and were these yeah. family members, friends, people really Everybody. close to you? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Which probably hurts. Everybody. There were <laughs> there were a few there were a few key personalities that said, you know what, do it. Like, yes. You we know? do have to say that. So you had enough um, people that were close to you that said, do it. Two. <laughs> Believed in you guys. Yeah. Two. That's all you need. Exactly. One's good enough. Yeah. And honestly, all you really need is each other. I had a buddy, yeah. and he had a buddy. And that was like, those are the two people who were like, you got this, you got this, you got this. And then, of course, the the there's two business owners, Amy Prince and Amber Ladd, who own the talk team. And they talk are the team. one. And it's a speech pathology or speech therapy Okay. Um, business they do they work with kids who have different like speech disorders or autism That's awesome. and they were the ones who gave me my first paid yoga teaching job and they were just rooting me on like cheering me on the whole time when we were getting ready to open okay. and so they've been they've been really critical like pieces of our like motivation yeah. and this whole like Contributing to our endurance I should say because even till now they're the ones who recommended the business coach okay and like that, like just how everything has evolved, it's been really incredible. But yeah, it's. I think once we got to that place though, where we were just like, okay, the lease is signed, we're committed, we have to get this thing opened, and come hell or high water. Yeah. And even if people are saying things or, you know, and it was never like, oh, you're gonna fail. Like it was never a comment like that. But it's just little like side yeah. comments that are like, or they won't talk to you about okay. it. Okay. Yeah, and I think I think the biggest thing is that both of our, you know, closest connections, both family and friends, come from like very, almost like conservative like think tank of like what your career should look like. Oh yeah. So entrepreneurship to a lot of our like closest people is just it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing yeah. for probably about ninety seven percent of the population just yeah. don't understand what you're doing. Because yeah. they can't ever fathom not spinning the wheel nine to five. Oh, and then you should have heard the conversation when he w was going to quit his job. Oh, yeah. oh that must your pension. <laughs> we could have a whole podcast on that <laughs> yeah. alone. Probably it was so crazy, and I was like, "You guys, like, he's you're acting like he's like getting he's preparing to jump off a cliff without a parachute yeah. or something." Like, this. Well, is and how old were you at the time? Two years ago. Yeah. So thirty. Three? Thirty-three? Yeah. So you're thirty-five right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're still super young. If you fell flat on your face right now, you could still make a comeback and still right. have a pretty damn good exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah. People worry too much that you have to have it figured out by like 25, 30, mm -hmm. like, but you could literally fall flat on your face right now and make yeah. a comeback and be totally fine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that was our attitude. Mm -hmm. It was like, what, okay, worst case scenario, he goes back to his job. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, he's so in demand at his job. Like, they would take him back in a second. Yeah. Even to this day. Like, he's... He... Because he, like, kicked, you know, ass at that job. That's good, yeah. Totally, like, climbed... Anyways. <laughs> so, he... I'm like, you guys, he could go back, like, yeah. tomorrow if he needed to. And so, that was... That was really tough. But we... We were... I don't know. We were... What do the haters say now? Have, I know, right? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Now I have more haters. You have more haters. <laughs> the same ones. That's awesome. Yeah. That means you're doing something extremely well, which is evidence of you That's guys' business right results. Yeah. If you guys didn't have the haters or the more haters. I'm not used to having haters though. It's been pretty painful. Yeah. It's been it's been a painful experience. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's the hurt. other thing is mm -hmm. realizing you know, people talk about have you heard seen that Simon Sinek um, start with why video? No, I haven't. And or maybe so, I have. I'm terrible with titles, but maybe I have. He does a circle. He calls it the golden circle, and he draws, like, okay. the inside, and then an outer one, and then an outer one, so it's, like, three rings. Okay, I'm not seeing it, but keep going. Okay, so the center one is why, the, the, the next outer one is how, and then the next outer one is what. Okay. And he said most businesses and most people operate starting from the outside in. The what, what do you do? Even when you have a conversation, you yeah. meet someone, what do you do? And, and he said the most successful people, communicators, business owners, businesses in general, they start with why. Mm. So like Apple was the example he gave. He said they say, we believe in challenging the status quo. We believe that, you know, everyone should have like the greatest technology, yeah. like <clears throat> simplicity at their fingertips. You know, we've created this amazing phone. Do you want to buy one? You know, so it's not like... Starting with like we have a phone that has you know yeah. da 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 processing mm -hmm. and this many megapixels like it's irrelevant what the product is, it's even irrelevant what the service is. Why are you doing what you're doing? And so communicating that first to like connect to the part it's like this primitive part yeah. of the brain. And so I for myself like sat down and was trying to think of like why am I doing this? Like why am I still teaching yoga? I technically didn't have to teach yoga anymore. I don't know. So yeah, enough, yeah, okay. I things were wrong. But yeah, so that with like as far as like the connection, that was that became the focus. Like okay. how can I create connection not only not just with people connecting to each other or the teachers connecting to the students, but what the main thing is with yoga and with old town yoga is getting people to learn how to connect back to themselves. Yeah. Because you have all these relationships in your life. And the most important one is the one you have with yourself, right? We're talking to ourselves 24-7. Even in our dreams, like, yeah. your subconscious starts to, like, reveal itself. Yeah. And whatever it is that you're telling yourself on a regular basis is shaping your life. You know, Emerson says, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow yeah. a character, reap a destiny. And so it's like it starts with that seed. Thoughts are things. And you have to be aware of that. And if you are not, like, tending to the garden of your own heart, of your own mind, yeah. then it's kind of like living in a fog or kind of living in, like, robotically. Yeah. And so we're trying to connect people back to themselves first. Because which is, that which is hard, right? Oh, it's so hard. Because people like technology and stuff and work, and then you help them <clears throat> reconnect to themselves through yoga. Um, and, I mean, it probably exactly. is fantastic for people's, their personal life and their business life. Exactly, exactly. And their relationships, if your relationship with yourself is flourishing, all your other ones are going to flourish. 
and it, that's the foundation. Yeah. And so that's what we're like usually driving home in our classes. Yeah. With the studio, that's like the main mission is like connection, meaningful connection. Okay. Everywhere. And then that's probably why the business has exploded because you guys are helping people. You're actually providing real value to people right. and bettering their lives. And so when you do stuff like that, you definitely see some good results. Yeah. Yes. I guess. <laughs> so where, where do you guys see this going? Where does this path seem to be taking you guys? I don't know. I'm just alone for a ride. Yeah? Just take it one day at a time? Definitely not going to open another studio anytime soon. We okay. have two locations. Right now, I feel like we're in, I almost feel like we're reopening to a degree because we've gone through some pretty difficult uh, changes recently and the understanding, it's been a slow build, but understanding the need for structure. Yeah. And that's where we're at. We're in like this refinement process of like building a stronger foundation so that we can then grow yeah. to what we what it could potentially be. Yeah. And help more people. And yeah, exactly. exactly. Which is why you guys got the business coach. So that way you yes. guys can become better. Yes. Yeah. Relationships with We can't lead ourselves. At some point you have to have a guide. Yeah. You know, you can't always be your own guide and like there's a, a ceiling you hit off of your own intuition and hard work ethic and all these things. At some point, you have to have someone saying, like, here's the way. Yeah. You know, and yeah. give you a lot more intentional steps instead of you just doing what feels right. Yeah. Because that only gets you so far. Because you guys never had any business experience no. before, right? No. So. Not at all. Not at all. So for you guys to get to this point is just, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Because, it's wild. I yeah. mean, no, parents weren't, in, weren't entrepreneurs, no business experience. You just went and ran with it. Exactly. Right. It's pretty awesome, though. Thank you. <laughs> but, guys, I appreciate you guys hopping on the podcast. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, do you have any last things to share with people? Just maybe some words of encouragement or anything like that? If you haven't tried yoga, do it. Yes. Seriously, it's, it's, it's life-changing and it's accessible for yeah. everybody. And do it at Old Town Yoga. You do it at Old Town Yoga or even just do it online. There's so many YouTube videos that are great, like... Just giving it a shot, like move your body, like move your body. It's so important. Okay. Yeah. Andy. Oh gosh, I <laughs> I think the uh, the biggest thing for me is like understanding that the only thing that's constant is change, and mm -hmm. if you can like move forward in life with that understanding and don't be attached to something, yeah, you'll be much better. Okay, awesome. And how can they reach you if they want to get in touch with you? Either of you, if they want to connect with you on social. What are you guys' handles on Instagram, or where are you guys at? Facebook, what platforms are you guys on? Uh, so the studio's on Instagram. Okay. It's oldtownyoga underscore studio. Okay. And our, our website is oldtownyogastudio.com. Okay. And I'm on there as well, Desi Rose. If you find us on, if you find Old Town Yoga, you'll, you'll find yeah. me as well. And I'll throw all of their information on the, the descriptions on the podcast, um, and then I'll throw it on social media when we cut the clip out. Cool. So that way people can reach you guys. Nice. So you guys are both awesome people. People should definitely get to know you guys and um, definitely do some yoga. Yes, for sure. Thank All you right. so much, Isaiah. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, thanks.